Hello, this is Frank Falvey with Frank's Ramblings. I'm just going to take a few subjects and uh, ramble on uh, incoherently. Maybe sometimes you uh, get the message that I'm trying to bring across. But let's begin with uh, the U.S. Uh, uh, House of Representatives out of Long Island, uh, New York, uh, Santos, who has uh, factually misled uh, everyone in uh, his resume and what he said he did and who he was and, you know, everything is uh, completely false. Uh, first of all, I do not believe he should be removed from office unless he goes to jail, uh, then he can't perform his office unless he wants to resign. Uh, we, as the electric, as, as the people that went and voted for someone, they should remain in office until they decide they want to resign, that the better course is uh, uh, not to remain in office. Now, certainly the Speaker of the House or the Ethics Committee should investigate uh, review it. Uh, they should censure him uh, in the House of Representatives. But as far as removing anyone that is truly elected from uh, the constituents, uh, the constituents voted for him. I think the constituents had a responsibility uh, to investigate or at least find out uh, items about the individual that's running or for office. And the party that they're representing should also at least spend some time in uh, checking out uh, what the resume may contain and if it's factual. Uh, one of the things this points up is the lack of newspapers and lack of uh, editorial ability to spend investigating uh, individuals that are running for office. We no longer have a healthy uh, press. Uh, we no longer have a healthy uh, news way of evaluating candidates uh, as to what they're saying, uh, what they've done, uh, who they are, and yet, any one of us could go on the internet and uh, find out anything that they want to know about anyone else they've met. I mean, you can go on and uh, pay a, a small fee and uh, look up anyone's uh, uh, economic history, uh, political history, uh, criminal history. I mean, you can. There are services that provide all this public information that exists out there about who you are. Uh, talking uh, about uh, ethics, yes, uh, the House of Representatives in, uh, in the Senate, uh, they should have ethical uh, committees that are active. I can remember uh, Jeff Roy's first uh, committee assignment uh, as a new, uh, brand new uh, uh, state representative was to the Ethics Committee. And uh, he always wanted to have the Ethics 
committee at least meet and, and talk about some stuff, but the chairman uh, or co-chair uh, never uh, called the committee together, as I understand, and there was never an ethical issue uh, that came up for the committee uh, to meet and, and resolve. But in the state of Massachusetts, there is an ethical test. And how did this ethical test come up? Well, in the House of Representatives uh, here in the state, uh, certain representatives were doing uh, unethical uh, things, uh, misdemeanors or even uh, stuff that might have arose to a higher degree. And it, it was a real problem, publicity problem, for the House of Representatives. So they came up with this publicity idea. Well, if we, if we give everyone a test, you know, it will look like we're doing something and that it'll look like we're curbing ethical behavior. Well, nothing could be more true because what they came up with is this question test uh, of a situation and they gave you maybe three answers and you had to pick the right answer. And if you didn't pick the right answer, they just prompted the right answer. It's not a test of finding out how ethical you are. It's just a test of certain situations, uh, how you think you, what the right answer is. But here's the problem. If, and everyone who works for the state, works for the town, is on a committee, every two years has to take this test. And if you don't take it, right, you're you're reported by the town clerk or you're reported by the state and you can be fined a hundred dollars a day by this ethics committee or, or whoever enforces the test. A hundred dollars a day for a test you can't fail that doesn't look into any ethical background of you. And my huge main objection is our elected officials must take this test or be fined $100 a day. There should never, ever be any requirement for elected officials uh, to do something or be fined or not be able to participate uh, as a representative or a senator or a governor. Uh, or whatever they, office they've been elected to, there should never ever be a requirement that carries a penalty with it that economically affects uh, what they're doing. It, 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 once, once you're elected to the office, again, again unless you've committed a felony, uh, you, you and you've gone to jail, you can't do your job. You know, there should be no criteria to remove that person from office without bringing simply uh, embarrassing uh, pressure uh, that the person voluntarily resigns from that office. The US, the US House of Representatives just passed uh, new rules uh, that they will operate on, by. Uh, 
it is interesting that our, our former uh, representative, who uh, Jim McGovern, who uh, for many years represented this district until it was uh, realigned, and now he represents more of the western part of the state, uh, was the chair for uh, when the Democrats uh, were the majority of the House, the chair of the Rules Committee. The, the Rules Committee, though, has just uh, gone back to a rule that existed for a hundred years before Nancy Pelosi had it changed, that one person can question the validity of the speaker remaining a speaker and question uh, to replace uh, that person as speaker. It worked for a hundred years and no one ever did it that I, I'm aware of. I think the speakership has had too much power. It has too much, three or four around the speaker that absolutely govern all the major bills. They govern, they put through all the major budget bills, they put through all the major policy bills, and the rank and file uh, of all the rest of the representatives are told by the party, you must vote this way or that way, and you are expected to follow uh, that uh, line of voting. Uh, I, I'm happy that the rules have changed so that now in committees there will be more discussion, there'll be more ability to amend uh, proposed legislation, and that when legislation comes to the House floor, there will be at least 72 hours before that bill is voted on. That gives a chance for the press, for other individuals, at least to scan the bill, have some sense of what's in it, okay, and be able uh, to alert the public as to the benefits or the failures of it, along with putting pressure on individual representatives that they got to be aware of uh, things in that bill that should absolutely not be in it and should be amended. So on the floor of the House of Representatives where a bill could come before them with a rule that the bill could not be amended now has changed and my understanding is that anyone could bring forth amendments to that bill from either the Republican or the Democratic side. I think that goes a long, long way uh, to making better legislation. Legi legislation that maybe Republicans and Democrats in the middle will realize that they have the majority of the votes, that they could come together uh, and pass legislation that, yes, has been compromised, that they've agreed on a compromise, but that makes uh, a lot more better sense uh, than more extreme uh, either monetary uh, spending or, or extreme legislation uh, that is being proposed by one side or by the other side. 
while speaking about the uh, House of Representatives, uh, they, Republicans, have declared uh, that they will not pass a debt ceiling bill to raise the debt. Now, the argument to raise the debt is that we've already spent the money and it's and we we've always raised the debt uh it's it's something that we've always done and and basically it's been a standalone bill but here we are in a financial crisis that i believe is is looming and that is we've borrowed too much money and who owns most of the money we borrowed china China is probably the principal owner uh, of the U.S. debt, along with other countries and, and nations, and uh, along with uh, U.S. corporations and citizens. That uh, debt is too large. It's, it's like 125% of what's called gross national product. What is gross national product? It's all the goods and services for a year that have been created. So for a year and a quarter, our debt is equal to that gross national product. And the interest rate on that debt is going up. It, it will rise. And as it rises, it will put more significant pressure uh, on the U.S. economy. The, there's two ways of raise, either raising taxes, raising revenue. So you can raise revenue to offset expenditures or you can lower expenditures. Probably the most sensible thing is to get rid of the tax cut that Trump put in and to lower the expenditures that Trump and Biden have spent trillions of dollars on. Now, in the Democratic uh, Biden, two proposals of two different trillion dollars, there were reforms that helped reduce the cost of those proposals. But that was just a gimmick. It was a gimmick to put those two pieces of legislation acceptable and passed, but it did nothing to lower the ongoing debt. It, it did nothing to lower the budget that they already passed and yet don't have enough money coming in to pay for it. So we are at, in my opinion, a critical vote that we want not to raise the debt limit without some sort of compromise in either raising revenue or reducing expenses. Uh, and the president and the administration, when they say they will not even compromise, they will not even talk about it, is making a continuing mistake uh, in how they run the government. It, the Biden administration and the people that are making policy decisions continually seem to make foolish mistakes that thoughtful people would have never made. So this uh, administration immediately, immediately uh, 
needs to enter into negotiations with the Senate and the House of Representatives and needs to come up with a better plan than simply saying we're going to raise the debt ceiling. Uh, I have uh, go back uh, a lot of time, and I am not particularly uh, electronically savvy. Uh, I'm a cash person. Uh, I don't have a cell phone. Uh, I don't uh, use my computer very much except uh, for my to put music in iTunes and uh, to check the uh, daily uh, email from the Frank Franklin Observer, I believe it is, uh, 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 Mr. Earls, uh, Alan Earls' uh, morning uh, daily uh, 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 Gmail. Uh, and so technology, technology uh, has passed me by. Uh, technology now is so advanced that people in my situation, okay, uh, are becoming unable to function. I learned the other day that there is an app on uh, uh, cell phones that you can use that you can, from your cell phone, can take and transfer money into someone else's bank account, or I, I even imagine credit card account, uh, that uh, from your account uh, you can transfer money into someone else's account. And not only that, but uh, Stop and Shop uh, seems that they simply want to cater to people that have uh, digital uh, apps uh, because their specials now are all directed to people that have digital apps and uh, not particularly uh, to older people uh, that don't use digital apps. Uh, if you park in a parking garage, and I can remember the first time uh, that this happened to me, I'm down in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, it's around uh, 11 o'clock at night, I'm parked in a garage. Uh, I'm about to come out, and the signs, and I always pay cash. I, you know, I, I just, pocket fees, I just paid cash. Uh, there was a big sign that said, credit card only. You know, that really sent the chills through me, because I wasn't sure I had a credit card with me. Uh, fortunately uh, enough, I did have uh, one and was able to get out of the garage. Uh, it is interesting that hospitals, um, uh, different uh, services are refusing uh, to take cash. I, I think they're saying uh, they don't want to get COVID. Uh, it's, it's a crazy uh, world out there. The U.S. Uh, uh, bills uh, say it is good for all public and private debt, and yet I can't pay for something with cash. Now in Massachusetts, I gather it was in 1978, they passed a law that retail stores 
had to take cash and credit cards on the same level, on the same basis. So I gather retail stores cannot refuse to take cash. But all other services are going uh, cashless. And to a large degree, uh, they're even encouraging uh, payment not by credit card, but payment over your, over your phone. The, the, this is, first of all, kind of uh, going back to the app, you're losing control of how you're spending by just simply transferring money over an app. I think when you get the bills that come in, you're going to find that you spent more than you really wanted to because this service is so easy that it's going to affect uh, your plan on uh, staying within the limits of what you're making. And the use of, of cash or to be denied the use of paying bills uh, with cash, uh, to me, is, is again, again hurting the poor, I mean the extreme poor, you know, the people that are out on the street, uh, not, not people simply, you know, making uh, less than thirty or forty thousand dollars, but the people that are making maybe five or ten thousand a year. Uh, and technology now has got to the point that apparently, if you call Verizon, if you can ever get them, if you stay on the phone for a couple of hours, uh, they want to before they deal with the problem that you have, send you an email with a certain code number in it, and then you have to tell the person on the phone what that code number is. We're making it so difficult for the older generation that people in their 70s, 80s, and 90s can't deal with that type of item. We're making the the economic ability uh, to do transactions for that age group impossible. So, what is taking place is, you know, those in the twenties, thirties, or forties, yeah, uh, they they can do all sorts of electronic stuff and spend the day texting and, you know. Uh, sit at a uh, dinner where you, maybe you've invited someone to dinner and spend all their time texting while also having dinner with you. So it, it, it is reaching a point. Uh, I don't want to even want to go back to hospitals. Uh, the papers that they want you to sign uh, your life away and, and give them sign things that uh, they can do everything that they want without any responsibility. Uh, there's a law apparently that they can't take uh, pictures without your consent of wounds on your body. But now when you go to a hospital, 
you have to sign a paper agreeing that they can take pictures. And all sorts of other papers that you're just signing and not reading. You know, when you go in and they say, sign this uh, uh, computer or, or this uh, 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 place sign here, uh, like you were signing for a credit card, what you're signing is unbelievably not in your best interest. Well, I do have a number of other issues on my mind, but I think I've rambled on enough. Uh, I would encourage you to listen to a more perfect uh, union, uh, which is a great radio show here on Mondays. I think it's 11, 2, and 8 p.m. And to listen to 102.9 FM, I happen to have uh, three different programs on it, two musical ones. And uh, this program here not only is uh, televised, but will be on uh, 102.9 FM. So wishing you uh, the best of uh, health and the best uh, day possible. Uh, I thank you uh, for watching and listening. This is Frank Falvey. This program was made possible by your Franklin friends and neighbors. Good folks, just like you. Thanks for supporting Franklin TV. And thanks for watching.